What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. I hope everybody is having an absolutely fantastic today. We are getting into an episode today called Hidden Highest Teaching of the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. This is episode 273 for the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. And I'm very excited to have everyone here. We've got a bunch of people joining over on TikTok as well as Instagram. Uh, We're going to be reading directly from the Gospel of Mary today. And to kick this off, while we have people jumping into the chat here, this is a live raw podcast. You are welcome to like, comment, share. You can also drop stars at any point as well as gifts, super chats on YouTube, wherever you're at. If there's a support button please utilize it and support the work that I'm doing. I greatly appreciate that. So as we get into this today, we are going to be talking about the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, which is an apocryphal text attributed to Mary Magdalene. She's a prominent figure in Christian history. However, there is one key passage in Mary's statement from the Gospel of Mary Magdalene that is followed by a description Uh, of the disciples' reaction, which indicates that her words had a profound impact on them. And I'm actually going to read from those today. What is up, Shelly? How are you doing? I hope you're having a beautiful day. Uh, Happy Wednesday, everyone. Happy Wednesday. So what I'm reading from right now is, again, Gospel of Mary Magdalene. We've finished up with Chapter 4. And what I'm going to do is bring this up for everybody to see. So we are now in chapter five. Uh, Remember the last part of chapter four yesterday ended with uh, do not lay down any rules beyond what I appointed you and do not give a law like a lawgiver lest you be constrained by it. Uh, He said this and departed. Um, I may actually come back to that part um, towards the end of this series because I think it really sums up essentially what this whole thing is about. Um, so here we are in chapter five. We're jumping over to after uh, the crucifixion, allegedly in uh, this document here. So it says, uh, but they were grieved. They wept greatly saying, how shall we go to the Gentiles and preach the gospel of the kingdom of the son of man? If they did not spare him, how will they spare us? So they're very, very worried. You know, um, this isn't how it was supposed to end. This isn't uh, where we were expecting to be with the savior with our master um because you got to remember at this point the apostles are uh, looking for a literal literal savior someone to to change everything they're looking for a brand new way of life they're looking for a new lifestyle they're looking for like everything to change uh for all the evil powers of the world to be overthrown all of those things and that's not happening. You know, they captured him, crucified him, and they're going, what, you know, they, they've lost heart, basically. What's up, Forrest? How are you doing? I hope you're having a beautiful day, my friend. Um, so it's a very difficult time for the apostles at this point because uh, they don't have a clue what to do. And and I don't think any of us would, honestly, uh, especially if you were ready for that uh, second coming of the kingdom of God type thing. Um, and then you find out the one that was supposed to bring it is now been hung on a cross and uh, left for dead. So right now it says, uh, then Mary stood up, greeted them all and said to her brethren, do not weep and do not grieve nor be irresolute for his grace will be entirely with you and will protect you. But rather let us praise his greatness for he has prepared us and made us into men. So this is where it gets very, very interesting here. He has made us into men. Um, And so what can that even mean at this point? What does it mean to be made into a man? And again, this is not a gender thing with this, especially with Gnostic scripture. Um, We're just not talking about gender. We're we're talking about um, a whole nother level of spiritual enlightenment here. So um, the one key passage here... um, that I think is, is, is fantastic is I'm going to share at the very end. Um, and I think it's a key to understanding the gospel of Mary Magdalene personally. So thank you for your guidance. Barbara says, thank you very much. What's up, Josh. How are you doing, brother? Popped on on the right time. Absolutely. Welcome everybody on TikTok. If 
you guys want me to see your comment, you can jump over to uh, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter uh, and comment on the live feed here. I am live over here. I just, uh, it's on small phones and I don't, you know, they don't do stream keys that I can plug into this software over here. So I appreciate your comments. I'll try to get to those at the end here. Um, so the line, he has prepared us and made us into men can be interpreted in several ways. So, um, again, remembering, um, she's not literally talking about that all of them were turned into, uh, masculine physiques. That's not, that's not what we're talking about here with gender roles. Um, but why this is powerful, absolutely, um, has to do with kind of the challenge of the construct that uh, everything we argue about today, they were arguing about back then. What's up, Anne? How are you doing? Mary, how are you? Missy, what is up, my friend? Happy Wednesday. Um, so number one here, he has prepared us and made us into men can be interpreted in several ways. Number one, spiritual transformation. He refers to Jesus. Um, and Mary's statement suggests that though Jesus teachings and through Jesus teachings and guidance, they have undergone a spiritual transformation. The term men could be understood metaphorically as human or individuals who have achieved a higher level of understanding, wisdom, and spiritual maturity. Um, and really, too, she's spinning off the culture here because to become a man was to become an adult, a leader, um, a spiritual authority. And so think about that. Think about that Mary Magdalene, the female here, is speaking with a bunch of other male uh, followers of Jesus saying he has made us into men. Um, think about how powerful that was, first off. It very much angered a lot of the apostles, and we see that. We see the shock and awe as well. But this is definitely a whole other level of, um, you know, teaching with authority here, specifically by uh, Mary Magdalene. So, as we continue reading here in the text, um, when Mary said this, she turned their hearts to the good, and they began to discuss the words of the Savior. Um, and this is the key line here, and I wanted to go ahead and read it because I need to hint at it so that we can read through the rest of this um, and try to understand what it actually means. So, um, Equality and empowerment, the phrase made us into men, could also be seen as a declaration of equality and empowerment. In historical context of the time, women often had a limited social and religious role, Mary's statement challenges this notion and asserts that Jesus has elevated both men and women to equal status. Again, as I said a minute ago, uh, spiritual authority there, uh, empowering them to participate fully in spiritual discussions and teachings. And that's what we're about to find out, that they're going to be diving into a very deep spiritual discussion about the actual words of Jesus. Um, so that's what's just hugely important with this stuff. Um, is the actual teachings, not the times and the place and the prophecies and all of that. The actual philosophy, the philosophia. Um, if you understand who Philo was and then Sophia is, uh, you understand the word philosophia, philosophy. It's a very interesting thing when you get into etymologies. And so when we're looking at the words of Jesus to understand the philosophy is quite possibly one of the most important things. Because even if you didn't have any of the prophecies around it, none of the timelines, if all that was lost and uh, nobody was ever taught about that again, um, I think that the words and the teachings of Jesus are just as powerful, if not more powerful, um, without all the other people's opinions around it and all the dogma and doctrinal things around that. So that's just my personal um, approach to it. So, by the way, love when I talk about Jesus online because I watch... Uh, TikTok go from several hundred viewers to about 25 right now. So fantastic, um, you know, that, that we can just see that. Um, I don't know. It, for me, um, I have to talk about Jesus a lot. And it's not because I'm a Christian. It's not because I'm religious. Um, because I'm not either of those guys. In fact, I am what you would consider a mystic. And I'm a follower of the teachings of Jesus. I believe that the Christ is in all of us. So not that um, that we should be following a certain path laid out by a church construct to, um, you know, achieve salvation or whatever. So 
Um, okay, so duh, 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 let's see. Um, any questions, drop them over here and I will jump on them here in a minute. So, um, so the equality thing is, is just huge when it comes to this. And I think that that's something that we just can't sleep on when we read this text specifically. Um, and then number three, inner strength and character development. The word men may be interpreted in a broader sense, not solely referring to gender. Instead, it could represent the development of inner strength, character, and maturity. Again, when you became a man in especially the Jewish culture of the time, um, you were literally entering as a leader of the household. You were preparing to leave the father and mother's house and go find uh, your own wife, um, make your own livelihood, those type of things. So literally, this is what we would consider an initiation, an initiation. So this was their initiation is him leaving essentially that, um, you know, hey, by his grace, by the words and the teachings he gave us, he's initiated us um, through inner strength, character, and maturity. Mary is implying that Jesus' teachings and influence have, been prepared, have prepared them to face life's challenges and navigate the spiritual journeys with greater wisdom and fortitude. So I don't know about you, but when I read the actual words of Jesus, the red letters of Jesus within the Bible or all the Gnostic scripture of his words, um, I feel a whole lot more prepared for life. I feel a whole lot more um, apt to navigate the ups and downs of life. So that's just how um, I personally am when it comes to this. So. <clears throat> Great point here, Anne. Anne says some people are just not ready to dive deep because they were told, uh, because of what they were told for so long uh, and not to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Anne. Um, and, uh, you know, me personally growing up within the church construct, I had a lot of struggle with, um, do I focus on the words of Jesus? Do I focus on how he said to live? Do I, no, no, no. You're taught to focus on the cross, the sacrifice, the forgiveness of your sins because you're, you know, a horrible sinner. And well, let me tell you right now, if you know anything about manifestation, the things that you say become the things you believe, the things you believe become the things you feel, the things you feel affect your actions. Literally, you craft an entire reality around that. And it's it's almost like a magic spell. And I've said it several times that it actually is a magic spell over people to keep people um, essentially where the construct wanted them 2,000 years ago. And it's still going on. And even the teachers within this construct of church, they don't understand. And this is not against anyone, by the way. It's not against pastors or churches. It just is what it is about uh the past that has to do with how the church was founded the canonization of the bible all of the schools of theology are all pulling even though they argue about everything they're still pulling from data that was misinterpreted misunderstood or completely twisted to keep people blind as to the truth and again that's not a conspiracy you can just go look at the canonization of the bible I am going to be doing a whole series on how Jesus was technically against God um, and talked about defeating God and Lucifer was against God and Lucifer talked about defeating God and Lucifer got punishment from God and Jesus got punishment from God. And you may say, no, 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 Cub, that's not true. But actually, if you look at it and you look at what's taught in the churches, I was always taught that the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus so that we didn't have to receive it. Why would a loving God that is the father of Jesus pour out wrath on him when we have parables like the prodigal son? There was no wrath poured out. It was just a party and a welcome. We have every clue in history and in our Bibles to prove to us that the father of Jesus is not the biblical God. Um, it is a spiritual entity, a spiritual uh, force within all of us that he is talking about, that we are yoked with. We are in him. He is in us. We are in the Father. The Father is in us. It's literally a symbiotic relationship uh, through what we call the supreme being. It's the mind of God, the entire universe of energetic creation and vibration. That is the mind of God within all of us. And that's an oversimplification, of course, but God is not this thing that's depicted coming down from the heavens. So, somebody did an awful video on TikTok today, guys, and it broke my heart 
somebody was very serious talking about that God is a cleanser of uh, certain bloodlines and he's a cleanser of genetics and blah, 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 and that he is perfecting his own people. And, and this was from some Christian, I don't know, angry, angry man. And um, the reason that that belief system is around is because people were taught about the Yahweh of the Old Testament, uh, who is pretty much Baal. Um, who is pretty much an Anunnaki uh, overlord, an extraterrestrial, and by extraterrestrial I mean looks somewhat like us, not um, like a little gray. Now the grays are the Ajiji from, uh, they're stationed on Mars or Lamu in the Anunnaki mythology, and uh, I'm going to get back into my series on that. But I have to kind of put this in here today because you you can't get to the point fully you can't fully get to the point of accepting mary magdalene her message the the authentic message of jesus if you're still operating on incorrect data which tells you that god of the old testament and the god that that many 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 different cultures it's not just the uh the hebrew culture it's many different cultures we're all worshiping the same type beings from the stars who are literal physical deities with a lot of technology a lot of power and the ability to literally blow themselves and us up who do you think gave us the technology um and that's just the truth about all of that and i talked yesterday um and and by the way when i say it's the truth i i have not come across anything that i understand to be the truth more than this when you start putting the pieces together it actually fixes a lot of the holes and the gaps we have in our understanding of the bible and god and jesus UFOs, aliens, history, all of those things. It literally fixes all of those holes that we have. Um, but the problem is, what's up, Brandon? How are you doing, brother? I'm glad you're here. I haven't seen you in a while, man. Uh, we got a bunch of tribe members on today, so thank you guys for joining. Uh, but this fixes a lot of the holes that we have and that I had personally. So when I say I believe it's the truth, uh, do your own research. I'm not here to tell you I have it figured out. I am here to tell you that I do have a piece about it it does fit together and all the puzzle pieces work together it causes immense personal stress and even a bit of uh religious trauma within because you have to just like wrestle with all of this stuff even if you've never been in the church you still have to wrestle with the idea because you see thousands of churches everywhere you see this entire thing built up and to even question or think maybe maybe we have mass UFO and extraterrestrial worship going on in the entire world. Um, that thought is quite disturbing. And uh, I'll harken back to Gospel of Thomas. Uh, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find. Um, and then um, upon seeking, you will be disturbed. Uh, then you will marvel. Then you will reign over all. Like it's, it's very disturbing when you hit this point. And if you're not there yet, if you haven't had a disturbing moment, I just encourage you continue to deconstruct, open your heart and mind, get through it as quickly as possible, do the shadow work, because um, it requires shadow work on yourself, on your faith, your religion, on God, on everything you think you know about it. And when you start to realize that God is not a physical thing, he didn't make a deal with Moses, he didn't make a deal with the devil for Job, he didn't do any of this stuff. God is a neutral force within all of us that literally wants to manifest in this world through the spiritual creation because we're a part of the God seed. We're a part of the Godhead. Literally, uh, we are the Christ. The Christ is in us. And that's what this document that I'm reading is talking about. So uh, user 22 asked or 27 asked uh, shadow work. So shadow work means, um, in case you don't know what that term means, you've probably heard of light workers, right? Light workers are people that want to illuminate the world, help people find love and light and unity and natural ecological ways to live, um, community, deep acceptance, forgiveness, that type of thing. Shadow workers, um, and there's some people that do it professionally, they deal with things like trauma, deep trauma, family trauma, religious trauma, um, different types of abuse. By the way, all of these things happen within us too. You know, you may never have been abused by anyone in your life but you can still abuse yourself. You can still have thought patterns and thought forms that are put upon you culturally that literally manipulate who you are and who you think you are. And I talk about uh, shadow work is like doing an update on an operating system. There's a lot of times 
when you'll update your computer, it doesn't just need a minor update. It's a whole new operating system. It takes some time and it, the screen goes black for a while and then you'll see a loading bar. Uh, that loading bar is telling you that the software is being updated. The old software is being rewritten. When we go into shadow work or what we call the dark night of the soul, um, I am Batman. Absolutely, uh, Josh. Absolutely. Um, and, and literally the, the dark night movies, um, kind of remind me of this cause there's this, this moment of like, you're meeting with your own evil. You're meeting with the evil that's been put upon you. You're meeting with all the incorrect data. You just, um, you kind of have to go through it, right? Like you go through it and, and it's very, very difficult. Um, and I know I'm not making this appealing to anyone, but I promise you it's not easy um, that's why, you know, 98% of the world has blinders on and nobody has eyes to see or ears to hear. Um, and those of you that, that are involved in my podcast and our community, our tribe, um, you know that there's another way. It's not easy, but it's beautiful. And when you get to that point where you're communing with other people and we have our call, we're doing a, a, a book club tonight. A bunch of members of our community started a book club. 7.30 tonight. If you're in the tribe, don't miss it. I'm going to pop on for a little bit, um, probably while I'm at the gym, but, um, but you know, that's going to be going on every week. So it's like, you know, where else do you get that? You might get it at a church. Yeah. You might get it in like a, a neighborhood group or something, but where is it exclusively focused on open spirituality, like open heart, open-minded spirituality? That's a whole different level, guys. That's a whole different level. So um, let's see. So what I'm trying to get at basically is that these are, um, thought patterns and thought forms that require like a whole lot of open-mindedness and research. Um, I heard people talk about Anunnaki for years, years. What's up, Purple Lava? Welcome. What's up, Steven? Welcome. Um, Steven says, I really, really appreciate your curious mind and searching soul. Thank you, my brother. Annie, what is up, my friend? Hey, how are you doing? Um, Ann says we we're programmed from birth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, and you know, it's, it's not a bad thing to put us into society as productive members, but again, remember live in the world, not of the world. Um, uh, do your job, contribute to society, help people, you know, but ultimately, uh, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not from around here. Right. Um, so I heard Anunnaki for a long, long time and I, I thought it was total BS. I'm just going to be really honest until I read the Enuma Elish, until I read the Sumerian tablets, until I read Epic of Gilgamesh, until I started putting two and two together from Babylonian mythologies and went, wait a minute, this is the Bible, but it makes a whole lot more sense, uh, specifically the old Testament, but it makes a whole lot more sense. Um, replace the idea of God most high in the old Testament as a physical deity that is essentially a warlord that says he's God most high. That's a different level. When you, when you get to that level and you go, okay, I, I can buy that. Then you have to deconstruct your whole view of God. And then you have to rethink what Jesus was talking about. And you go, wait a minute. Jesus was talking about metaphysics. He was talking about meditation, mindset, transcendence, the metaphysical truth of God within you, the kingdom of God within you, the fact that we are literal manifestors of the kingdom of God, co-creators. We have a spiritual inheritance because we're made of the same substance. Uh, that same intelligence of God lives in us. Um, it's a whole different level guys. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Dominique, Dominique says, yeah. And when you don't, they label you. Um, and that's absolutely true. When you don't interact with the community or society or church or whatever, or your family, the way they think you should, you get labeled real quick guys. So real quick. Um, so yeah, Dominique, I'll bring your comment up. Really appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for being here. Um, and I wish I could say your name, my friend. I'm so sorry. I have no idea how to say your name. Um, but this friend says, uh, I like the way you present and shape the text. I'm a huge fan 
uh, from Libya. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome. We've got like literally a global community here. I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, and then purple love says, yeah, most people aren't aware that Yahweh is a warrior God and it shows in what we see in the old Testament. That's very true. And I want to talk about Yahweh as the warrior God and Lil called himself the Lord of the command. He was actually, you know, knighted as that Lord of the command. He was the literal military commander on the earth from planet Nibiru. Um, and that's where that whole thing comes from. And then he controlled, uh, and when people talk about him being a cleanser of bloodlines and genetics and stuff like that, um, and people get on that high horse and think somehow they're, they're in the right one because whatever, I don't buy into that stuff at all. I do agree that there's all kinds of different, like we are one human race. And we all share genetics of the gods. It's just a question of which gods. Like there's a lot of different gods that use the earth to terraform and create what they were trying to create as worker bees to mine gold for them and resources and essentially make it easier for their higher planet, uh, planet Nibiru, to survive. So that, and then of course we worship them, right? It's called cargo cults. If you've never heard of that. Um, like during World War II, when they would uh, find an island in the middle of nowhere and they'd pull up on it and the military would uh, drop supplies and stuff, um, the indigenous peoples on these islands that had never seen a human outside of their tribes before, because they're small islands, they had certainly never seen a plane fly over. Um, to this day, you can find artifacts and stuff on some of these islands uh, where they worship the airplanes, they worship the uh the the men that that came out of these planes you literally see this type of imagery in uh the book of revelation talking about uh the locusts with the faces of men and the tails that sting with the fire that literally shoot forth from them they're talking about apache helicopters in the book of revelation um because these are visions that are seen either from the future or they were literally recounting what they had experienced with the Anunnaki beings. So, um, do I think we can reincarnate into alien beings? Um, that is a really good question. I think that we can reincarnate into essentially anything, but I think if you're on the ascension path, then you're going to go into the 5D and the 6D, 7D, and so on. So, um, that's ultimately where we're at is to continue our ascension journey. So, um, like, could you actually be an Anunnaki in the next life? Sure, you could. And then you have a choice on whether uh, to continue to feed into love and light or feed into evil and control. You know, choice is yours. So I can't attest to that at all. There's not a lot of proof that you even come back into the physical realm and that reincarnation is another existence somewhere else in another timeline, another planet, another type of being. We just don't know. Um, but it's definitely fun to think about. We definitely know that there's a whole lot more after life. Um, it's basically just like shutting the computer down. The code is still out there. The internet's still on, even though you turn your phone off, right? Um, the truth of you is you are the internet and the programmer, the internet is God, right? That's what metaphysics is all about. So your little smartphone, you get a new one every year, just because you get a new one and you throw the old one away, doesn't mean that you don't have access to the interwebs anymore. That's just exactly like it is with our bodies. You turn the old one off, give it back to the earth. You might be on a new planet immediately. You might be reborn, um, hopefully in less pain this time, right? Um, in a higher reality, maybe, maybe a real 5D reality, right? So that was a good question, by the way. Um, uh, Chris says, I'm a big fan from Western Kentucky. Thank you, my friend. Keep it up. Uh, really appreciate you. Um, and Dominique says, no, thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Ashley, I'm going to hit on this, this comment from Ashley real quick. Um, it's mind blowing. You'll never read your old favorite books of the Bible the same. So what Ashley's talking about here, guys, um, she ain't lying. Uh, when you when you dig into the Anunnaki mythology, go read Zechariah Sitchin's books. He was a biblical scholar, decoded a lot of these. Well, he didn't decode them, and he, I guess he decoded them. He didn't translate them, but he decoded um, a lot of the Sumerian tablets. 
which is huge. The library is huge. There's like millions of different texts in it. I mean, it's insane, guys. It changes everything we think we know. And when you get into that and you begin to understand that physical beings clearly visited our planet eons ago, I mean, look at the pyramids, look at uh, Pumapunku, uh, Teotihuacan, um, all of these different sacred sites. You know, I mean, come on, guys, we can't even agree on where to go to dinner in modern society, much less how to build these giant monolithic things. Um, I talked the other day about the face on Mars. You know, we still debate scientifically whether it's just made by wind and rain or whatever was on the planet at some point or uh, if it was intelligently built. And to me, it looks very intelligently built. And then we have a lot of corroboration of that through the planet Lamu, which is Mars in the Anunnaki mythology. One of the Anunnaki was exiled to Mars. Um, and after he passed away, he, he passed away in a cave and the other Anunnaki took a laser beam and carved the mountains to look like his face. And he's supposed to still be looking off in the direction of Nibiru, like off into the stars. What a crazy coincidence, right? That you have this, uh, you know, it's like seven to 12,000 year old mythology um, that recounts events that happened 500,000 years ago. It's crazy, guys. It's crazy. Um, and it, it you feel crazy, by the way. You feel crazy when you think about this. So, um, so user 27 says, wow, didn't God make us? So that's where a lot of people get confused. And that's a great, great question. And I promise you, the more you look into this, you get over the disturbance of it, and then you get into a place of power and love and actual union with the true God. Um, so, no, Big G God did not create us, according to every mythology, including the Bible. I actually discovered this when I was reading the Bible and looking at the original Hebrew, and I found that Genesis 1 speaks of multiple deities creating a lot of Christian scholars will write that off as, well, it's the divine council. It's God and his helper angels or whatever. That makes no sense. Um, it's talking about Elohim and specifically Benat Elohim, which is uh, plural. So it's talking about a bunch of different Elohim. And it says, let us make man in our own image. Then Genesis 2 is talking about Yahweh Elohim. And that's what we would call a culturally appropriated mythology you have the original or somewhat original which was still taken from the babylonian mythology of the anunnaki but you have the original um in chapter one of genesis then chapter two is appropriating it and saying well yahweh did all of this he was he was the singular um when really you go read the anunnaki mythologies and the sumerian tablets specifically the lost book of anki um, and in fact, I'm going to bring it up on the screen, you guys, on Facebook. I have my Amazon shop connected now. You can scan that code. And a lot of the data I'm talking about comes from this book. And I'm about to read his whole complete Earth Chronicles series as well. Um, and then cross-reference that with the Bible, my understanding of the Hebrew in the Bible and the Greek in the Bible. I am not a scholar around this. There's people that are way more educated than me. But I am smart enough to read to ask questions and ultimately to allow myself to be initiated into understanding this and agree that I'm willing to completely deconstruct and it won't threaten um, my feeling of salvation or anything like that. So uh, so anyway, Lost Book of Anki by Zachariah Sitchin has a ton of the data in it that I'm talking about here. So, um, so I hope that answers that. Now, the true God is, again, nameless, faceless, um, it's a metaphysical spirit. Jesus literally said, my father is in spirit and in truth. And he said, no man has stood before the father. He's literally reminding them, he's giving them clues like, hey, you know how your prophets stood in front of the father? No, no man has. Hey, you know, um, my father is nameless and faceless. My father is in spirit and in truth. Like he's taken these concrete religious beliefs that they were practicing into and flipping them on their head and using the same terminology to talk about an inner truth, an inward kingdom, 
a kingdom within, a metaphysical God within, one that we are a part of as the body of Christ, the light body of Christ. Again, that's a whole nother level. And I, I do little pieces of this through all my videos because it would literally be impossible for me to just lay out everything from you know A to Z about where we came from, who we are. Essentially, you find out in this book that we are the cross between an Anunnaki male, an Anunnaki female, a um, primate that was on this planet, or a hominid, um, and then ultimately another genetic spice splice from the first attempt to create an intelligent man on the earth, or woman, or human. Um, and the book lays it out pretty well, um, makes a lot of sense and it makes sense how we're created in the image of God because it's actually in the image of Elohim or the gods. Um, child of the light says, and they say we have junk DNA. Yeah, we don't have junk DNA. We just have to remember, wake up, activate it. Remember that we have the birthright of the first Adam, the spiritual inheritance of the Christ and the sovereignty of Gnosis. Okay, so those are three things that I teach. The first birthright of Adam was he didn't have to toil. He was literally like um, a child of the Anunnaki. Like, hey, remember, you made me, so I have rights. And then number two, uh, spiritual inheritance. Hey, I am, I am. Okay, like that's what the I am is, like the Tetragrammaton the four elements, Y-H-V-H, okay? That's not to be confused with Yahweh, but Y-H-V-H. So you have a spiritual inheritance that you can call forth the kingdom of God in any situation. Anytime you want, you're a co-creator of the Most High, uh, which is actually, again, a spiritual entity that's not even in manifest in the flesh until you manifested in the flesh, until you were born, until you have kids, until you create something in that name the om amen amen um so that's really like that whole philosophy and how that comes around you know we can say all day long oh there's a conspiracy theory they covered it up maybe they did maybe they didn't even if they didn't people still don't want to believe it people don't want to believe that a we're children of the gods b we have spiritual inheritance because god is actually within us we're literally a part of god um, and then number three, nobody wants to claim the sovereignty of understanding that I know, I know, I get it. And now I have authority and I can claim back that authority and that freedom through that. And I'm not talking about all the sovereignty BS going around the internet with all the political stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritually here. So, um, I want to try to keep everybody on the same page with that. So, um, yeah, Order of Melchizedek, absolutely. Man, a lot of good comments, by the way, so. Um, great, Mike uh, Cottermer says, how do I interpret the story of the Garden of Eden and Original Sin? So what's interesting about Original Sin is um, that these humans started doing things on their own and through the creators that made them. Um, and one of them got really pissed off about it. And so that was what the original sin was, is that they did something that was out of line with the plan of creating workers. That was sin, uh, because it went against the plan. Okay. Um, and then you can look at, uh, literally the serpent is genetics. It literally is like that because they were, you know, told by certain Anunnaki gods, like, Hey, you're you're us you're our our kids then their eyes were open their their genetics were activated that serpent told them the truth then in in Zachariah Sitchin's book that I'm reading you know uh Enlil says get out get out of the breeding farm get out of the garden of Eden um Adamu and Tiamat Amat or Amit if you know Amit from uh Egyptian mythology again it all connects guys so What's interesting about this, what's interesting about this is it literally changes everything. Like it literally changes your whole life when you start to understand it. And I could tell people if I had a data sheet that said everything, gospel truth from point A to point Z, and I sat here on the internet for the rest of my life and read it out loud and told people the absolute truth, 
99.99% of you would ignore me. That's why when Jesus said those with eyes to see and ears to hear, nobody wants to. Um, we've got an awesome tribe. I'm very, very blessed by who we have. I'm very blessed that we have people that want truth and that we have people that want to awaken and get a deeper sense of spirituality and um, unity together. That's very, very rare. And I love that in our community and I will continue um, to innovate and to push forward and try to help people. But I will tell you right now, most people want to be right and I'd rather be real and really look for answers and really um, try to love each other and just do the good um, ultimately than, than try to be right all the time. So. So coming to uh, the end here, the following sentence, when Mary said this, she turned their hearts to the good and they began to discuss the words of the Savior. This suggests that Mary's statement had a transformative effect on the disciples. It shifted their focus toward moral goodness, righteousness, and the teachings of Jesus. It sparked a discussion amongst them, indicating a deeper engagement with the Savior's words and a desire to understand and internalize his teachings. Internalize his teachings. What a novel idea to actually alchemize the teachings of Jesus rather than argue. If you don't believe in the cross and the blood of Jesus and everything, you're going to H-E double toothpick and you need to know he's the way. Guys, I've been told that my whole life and it did nothing for me. It did nothing for me. And anyone I've seen that it did anything for in my life can be chalked up to an emotional reaction. Um, for me, what does something is the teachings of that man, the teachings of Mary Magdalene, the teachings of Jesus, the actual philosophies. That's what sets you free. That's what does something to your soul, if you want to call it that. Um, and so for me, that's why I'm down with dogma. Send dogma to the doghouse. Let's look at uh, let's look at spirituality. Let's look at um, truth beyond a construct. So tetragrammaton sounds like the dragon in Psalm 18. Yeah, and like literally, um, Yahweh's talked about as a dragon, like breathing fire, and he likes virgins and gold and all of those things. Like, how, what an interesting connection, Jacob. Um, but yeah, Tetragrammaton, YHVH, is like literally a magic symbol and spell for the four elements, um, alchemizing those and understanding um, how to wield the creative force within you. Um, and literally the YHVH in esoteric terms in the Old Testament says, I will be what they need me to be. Well, they obviously needed a warlord. They obviously needed uh, someone to go avenge them and um, chastise them and give them rules. And they got it, right? Um, and then we have texts like what we're in right now. Um, you know, you have the good and the good is what we're going to talk about here as we wrap up great point melissa novel idea the words of christ versus the image yes yes absolutely uh melody great point here uh original sin equals believing the lie they could have god's knowledge by eating the fruit from the tree of knowledge uh that's you all day so um you know good point there it is me all day because melody and i want to be really honest here um, I believe that I can have the knowledge and I believe you can too. That's why I'm what you would consider a Gnostic or that I have Gnosis. You can have it too. Um, so there's nothing in there to suggest. I mean, it was the tree of knowledge. Um, them getting kicked out of the garden was not a bad thing, by the way. And the only reason that they were kicked out and had to go work and toil is because that's what the rest of them were created for. And I'm telling you right now, Melody, before you pass judgments like that, get more data. You don't have enough data to speak from authority because you don't understand why Adamu was kicked out of the garden. And I'm not doing this to be rude or mean. I just want to use this as an example um, because Adamu, again, um, was 
basically a pet of the Anunnaki. Like, um, they started taking care of him. Some of them, you know, he had his um, ability not to work. He was the prototype for the rest of the workers, as well as Tiamat, or what you would consider Eve. Um, and then one of the Anunnaki gets really mad because, no, they're all to work. Like, they should all be working. And, no, you've told them that they're one of us. Um, it's not a lie. It's because they knew the truth. They knew the truth, and that's why they were kicked out. And when you know the truth, uh, things are not always easy, right? And so that's ultimately where that comes from. So you just need more data. It's it's nothing, and nothing against you or anyone else. It's just um, you have to understand. There's a whole lot more data out there than your 66 books in the Bible, which is a very convenient narrative to keep people in that idea of thinking that oh, if I know, then I'm going to be punished. I mean, what, what, where, where does that come from? If I have knowledge, I receive punishment. Like, what does that even mean? Um, what a, what a mentally scary place to be in. I'll just say that because I was there, I was there myself, um, a place where, you know, well, if I found out the truth or what if I ask a question about God, you know, I'm going to go to, uh, there it is, Josh. Exactly. Yeah. Turn up the fires of hell, right? Like, that's what I was taught, right? Um, Melody, they actually did get the knowledge. They did get the knowledge. And um, when when they were kicked out, you know, they um, had to go basically build their own lives and they quit being taken care of by their actual genetic forefathers. Um, and so there's a lesson in there that we have a birthright we can invoke. Hey, I'm a child of the gods. Jesus literally said it. Ye are gods. So if they messed up, Melody, then so did Jesus. And I can prove that all day long. Um, because Jesus came to teach a remembrance of who we were, where we came from, what our rights are. Um, it was a whole nether level. And I promise you haven't been told the truth about who Jesus is um, from sitting in any church. Because it's just not, it's not in their best interest to tell you. Um, Ashley said, if they didn't get knowledge, that how would they know they were naked? Exactly. Exactly, Ashley. Um, so, read the book of Adam. Yeah, absolutely. The book of Adam is, is fantastic, Josh. Um, again, all of this stuff is laid out in the, the cornucopia of texts we have available to us now so anyway um lots of love and respect melody anybody who disagrees with me you know you you're totally you have your rights to do that and you're welcome to be here so as long as you're you're kind and i try to be kind too and just tell you where to look like if you stop and go look where i told you to look your mind might change that's the scariest thing of all what if we, you know you can change your clothes but heaven forbid we change our minds right um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And it's actually a lot of fun to, to dig down the rabbit hole and start studying this again. It requires just like a really honest, open, Hey, I don't even care if I'm wrong at this point. I just want to find more. I want to dig deeper and understand what's going on. So, um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Yep. Yep. Love, love like Christ. Absolutely. Shelly. Amen. My friend. Uh, so let me kind of finish up, uh, the slides here for today. Um, turned their hearts to the good again. Like let's, that's, that's what I try to do here. It's what I try to do with anyone that disagrees with me. Let me get you more data. Let me get you, uh, where to look. Uh, let me try to turn you to the good. Cause ultimately I'm not here to disagree with you. And I got like a gnat in my eye or something right now. Ow. Um, you know, I'm not trying to, um, I don't ever want to make anyone feel bad because I've been made to feel bad my whole life for asking questions. So I really want to make sure that people feel the authority to ask questions and understand that there is more data. I can point you exactly where to go look. Um, and you don't have to agree with me, but what you do have to do if you're going to be here is be willing to look, willing to open up and willing to be, uh, to go into more depth with your belief systems. So, um, Guys, I don't know. I got something in my eye. So I'm going to talk blind right now, I guess. Ah, it hurts. I don't know if it's an eyelash or what. Um, oh, well. It's why I wear glasses. I got like uh, 
safety glasses almost, if you notice how big these are. Um, to turn towards the good, towards goodness, righteousness, and the authentic teachings of Jesus. So what this should be doing, and that's what I try to do every day, even with people that disagree with me, is spark discussions. Like, let's actually talk about it. Remember that Jesus said, ye are gods. Remember that he uh, was reminding us of the true knowledge. Remember that he was saying, um, you know, not to uh, basically buy into the lies of adding more and more and more rules to yourself. That's not how you... It's not how you enter the kingdom. The kingdom's already within you. Like he was telling us the truth about all of that. And how do we know it's the truth? It was so simple. It's so simple. And we just argue about everything. So, um, absolutely. Dominique says, last time I checked, it's not um, our job to cast judgment on others for having an opinion. That's very, very true. Absolutely. Um, let's see the goodness, uh, or the goddess wife of Enki put the spirit, uh, in us and Enki made us. That is why we have given up our divinity. Um, it can't be taken. Yes, exactly. And Jesus knew that or Jesus was Enki himself reincarnated. I don't know. I mean, I kind of have that theory too, but pretty interesting. And maybe didn't even have to be reincarnated. He just had to be beamed down, which would make sense why he never died. He was actually raised up, literally, into the clouds, the transfiguration. Um, pretty interesting. So, uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Um, da, 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 da. Well, you got you guys, yeah, take care of each other. Thank you all for... Uh, handle in the chat. Lots of chat today, so. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Chris. Confusion is not part of the creator. If you have confusion, learn and seek and you will find. That's absolutely right, so. Um, yes, I did uh, read that chapter. He did say, ye are gods and the scriptures cannot be broken, so. Um, and I can look it up, too. Ye are gods. Jesus, you are God's Jesus. So um, he's referring to Psalm 82. Um, let's see, find the actual John 10, 34. Yeah. So in John 10, 34, he, Jesus said, Jesus replied, uh, is it not written in your law? And the word law there is nomo from Strong's 35, 5, 1. Uh, which means law, case, or specifically um, the volume. I have said, you are gods, theoi, which means a deity, especially the supreme divinity. Um, and if you go to Strong's 23.16, then you will find... Da, 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 the word uh, theos, which is the root word, and that's what he called his father, by the way. So the main use of it is theos, as in father. Uh, he also used the word pater for father. Um, and so theos um, is also a god, but be a god. Um, and remember that that ties, the, the other definition of a god is you go look up Elohim from the Old Testament. So... That's also where we get that from, too. So anyway, yeah, it's it's actually in there. So uh, writing interpretation completely. Actually, it's not interpretation whatsoever. Uh, literally is the Greek of what he said. Like, actually, that's what a biblical scholar would use to go and look at the data and find the Greek on what it actually means. So now all of it. Now, and I will corroborate you on that point. It's all interpretation. Even if you look at the Greek, it's still interpretation. Uh, if somebody told you exactly the truth, it's still interpretation. So, um, well, and you want to say nope, that's fine. So you can keep disagreeing with me or you can, you know, again, go look at what I'm talking about. And I think that you'll understand that um, I'm, I don't have to be right. Like you agreeing with me or not agreeing with me is, you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I just want to help people. I want to help people open up, open heart, open mind, join hands together, quit arguing, quit arguing with each other and say, nope, 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 nope. You've put nope in the chat 10x, 10 times. 
That is not a positive mindset. That is that is an accusatory mindset. And I just want to help you find peace, help anybody in the same mindset. Because I was there. That's why I can take this all day long, guys. Because I was the one telling people, you're going to, um, you know, H-E double toothpick, you're blah, blah, blah. And um, I just don't buy into that anymore, guys. I buy into love, light, and knowledge. I think knowledge is ultimately is power. They told us the truth about that. Uh, just nobody wants it, right? So anyway, so I hope I hope that helps. You don't have to agree with me today. Maybe a while from now, something I said will strike a chord with you and, and you'll, you'll uh, you know, I've had a lot of people come back and say, hey, you know, I, I thought about what you said or whatever. So anyway, I hope. I hope you feel love and light here. If anything, even if you think I'm a thousand percent wrong, I hope you feel the love here. I hope you feel the love for me, the community. We're not here to prove anyone wrong. So, um, so the highest good here, you know, in Hinduism, we talk about the highest good. That's, that's, uh, one of the four or the three modes there. You have, uh, ignorance, passion, and good. And to be in the highest good, um, is not an easy thing, right? But what, what she really did here in, I just want you to think about what she did is they're freaking out. They're terrified. They're, they're arguing over what Jesus even meant. Was he even real? Was it, did he lie to us? Like what's going on? Like you got to understand the whole narrative of what was going on. Um, and so what Mary does here is just simply say, you know, Hey, don't forget. He's, he taught that the son of man is in us. Wasn't him. So she's literally reminding like his grace is still with us. The message is still with us. The Christ is still with us. Don't worry about what happened to him because take heart, we have another level. We have a way to move forward. Let's discuss the words of the Savior. So they did that. Then Peter said to Mary, Sister, we know that the Savior loved you more than the rest of women. Tell us the words of the Savior which you remember, which you know, but we do not, nor have we heard them. Mary answered and said, what is hidden from you, I will proclaim to you. Um, and so I'm going to share what she proclaimed to them tomorrow, because I like to plug through this a little piece at a time so we can really alchemize it. Um, and to wrap up overall, this passage from the Gospel of Mary Magdalene highlights the transformative power of Jesus' teachings and suggests that through his guidance, individuals can attain spiritual growth equality, empowerment, and a deeper understanding of moral principles. So, um, guys, it's, it's literally all there, um, through his teachings. You know, again, what are the teachings? The teachings are love, light, unity. Ye are gods. The Christ is within you or the son of man is within you. Don't look outside yourself. We've gone over this over and over and over and over. So, uh, Dominique says, best message I've ever received. Dominique, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you. I appreciate everybody. Uh, Chris, thank you for being here. Uh, the seeds were already planted. We are just watering them. Chris says, yeah, absolutely. Um, fear is uh, the unaliver of the mind. Absolutely. Um, plant the seed, cub. Absolutely, Melissa. By the way, if you want to know, we got a lot of these these awesome comments are just from some really high vibe people that are in our community. And if you haven't heard of our community, it's called the Cub Cooker Supernatural Tribe. You can only get it on my website. Don't trust anybody else's website. It's literally cubcooker.com. My name is a creator, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. You can go over there and check that out. Um, you get, get access to our entire tribe and community. Uh, by jumping over there, all you have to do is scroll down the page. Look for this little guy here. This is a Cub Cooker Supernatural Base Pass. Um, this is only $15 a month. $14, actually. So it's even cheaper than $15. It's $14 a month. You can't go wrong with it. Um, you get the Base Pass with this, and you're going to get access to the Cub Cooker Supernatural community. Um, we have a grassroots community over there, which you've experienced today. Uh, virtual meetups every Saturday, by the way, literally on Saturdays, we get on like a zoom style call and, uh, talk amongst each other. We have special guests on, we have special sessions where we're continuing the studies around all of this, applying it to our lives as a community. We have an off social media hub. That's one of the most important things I think that I've built over there is the ability to interact online off of social. 
none of the distractions and commercials and all of the stuff going on. You don't need to see your, you know, all the political opinions of your friends and stuff. Um, this is literally just us as a community discussing our spiritual walks, our understandings of these beautiful texts from the Lost Book of Anki to the Bhagavad Gita to the Holy Bible to the Gospel of Thomas and Gnostic Scripture. Guys, we just read it all and we want to know. We care about truth. We care about uncovering it within ourselves. Truth doesn't matter if it doesn't manifest love in us. Um, and there's a 24-7 chat over there. So if you have questions or need support at any point, the whole community is there to co-mentor each other. It's an incredible, incredible group. Um, and I also do quite often some behind-the-scenes content over there. So um, highly, highly recommend it. All you have to do is scroll down the page there. Click on this button where it says join, only $14 a month. Um, and you can't go wrong, guys. Um, I, I've literally, we have like a... I would say it's like a 90, 95% uh, retention rate. It's, it's a very, very small turnover um, of people over there. So thank you guys. Thank you everybody that's in the community that supports what I'm doing on a regular basis. Melissa says best spiritual community out there. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of our members in the chat today. So thank you guys. Be sure and grab it over there, cubcooker.com, $14 a month. If you join today, I'll welcome you over there. There's an orientation post over there for you. You can join our Wednesday night book club tonight, uh, which is user-led. Um, it's hosted by the community. It was started by the community, hosted by the community. And then on Saturdays, I personally host our Zoom call uh, where we get to talk amongst each other and, and just dive into this stuff over and over. So, um don't don't go at it alone anymore you know that's why i built this community i needed support i needed your support i knew there were people that needed my support um and ultimately i'll continue to turn you to the good i'll continue to show you where to find answers which are always within you um always in the highest good love and light and sometimes we just need people to egg us on to encourage us to help us to help us find that equality um, and not feel like, you know, we're somehow less because we don't go to a church or have a certain denomination or any of that stuff, guys. It's very, very important to have a community of support. Um, and I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. Um, so let's see. Any other questions, comments, prayer concerns? Drop them now. I'll take a couple more questions while I'm live here. So, by the way, you can scan that QR code. It'll take you right over to my website. So, uh, anybody that's interested in joining. So, um, da, 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 da. let's see. Love and light, Cup Cooker. Thank you so much. Blessings to you, brother. Yeah, you bet, my friend. Absolutely. Um, what's this other chat, Billy says? So, Billy, the other chat is uh, within our community. We've got a 24 7 chat room going on over there just a community chat where you can ask questions engage with people uh, we also have a, a social media style feed over there again it's a great hub off of social where you can share posts and stuff like that without being on proper social media so it's just really really cool um, and then bubble said am i on board with the anunnaki yes absolutely i, I definitely believe it because i've read it it makes the most sense of anything. It actually made my Bible make sense if uh, you know how to, you know, kind of deconstruct it. And it just makes a whole lot more sense. So, uh, Dreamstar says, we talk a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, the chat's always going. Um, the more people we get in there, the more activity. When I say it's grassroots, you know, it's not a community of 10,000 people. You don't, you're not going to get lost in it. You actually get to know people. Um, and I don't plan on like, you know, getting it to the point where it's not grassroots. I, I plan on growing it as big as, as I'm comfortable with, and then I'll basically will limit memberships beyond a certain point. So, um, I really want to keep it an intimate space for everyone. And then, um, I do plan on next year launching my Cub Cooker Supernatural TV, which is going to be a whole lot more, um, in-depth documentary style stuff. And so that'll be the the public product that'll be scaled to the moon and back, you know, that I want to just take to the whole world. So, uh, so right now, the way I'm funding what I'm doing, I have a certain amount I want to get in there, a certain size of the group that I will be 
comfortable with and still feel like it's an intimate group where we can really all know each other um that's that's where uh this group is for so you're not joining some online community that's just full of people you don't know this is a beautiful place where you can meet people and uh grow what we're doing so so with that said um guys uh great episode today thank you guys thank you for the love and light too even when people disagree with us with me with uh, the message whatever that's fine just just love them i mean I, I would have disagreed with me a few years ago, too. I would have argued with me. So uh, it's all us. That's the secret to all of it. It's all us. And uh, I think when we all realize that we're all one and one and all, that changes the game. That changes life. It changes how you treat everybody. It changes uh, the love in your heart. It changes the opportunity. Um, you want to talk about manifesting. Realize that you're all one and you're not having to do anything to anyone else to get what you want you just have to love everyone and when you love everyone you can manifest anything that you need through the raw power of god within you who is a loving good entity father and mother um that wants you to receive with the mother take comfort in the mother or what we might call the holy spirit and through the power of god the the father uh, go out and manifest things in the world. So like it's it's just a beautiful thing guys And I hope you hope you vibe with what I'm talking about today. If you do we'd love to have you as a part of the group um, If not, I'm here every single day um, Bringing a brand new message brand new podcast every single day. I love you guys Monday through Friday uh, These are live and then I still pump content out on the weekends and meet with the community. So Dominique says speak on it. Thank you so much my friend um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, guys. Good, good, good conversation. So, um, anyway, I love you guys. Y'all have a great day. Uh, I'm going to see you guys tomorrow because it's Wednesday today. So, yeah, I will see you tomorrow. Y'all have an awesome, awesome afternoon. This has been the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. Peace. <laughs>